Hello and welcome to Worship Where You Are with Triumphant Love in Austin, Texas. I am Pastor Danielle Casey and we are delighted to have you worshiping with us today. Just a few announcements and reminders. We continue to gather your prayers of joy and concern, so send those in to us here at the church. We also thank you for continuing to support our ministry with your offerings, either online or via snail mail. You also this week should have received a stewardship letter and update on your personal giving to our ministry. We also will be receiving Holy Communion in today's worship, so if you haven't done so already, be sure to gather your bread and wine or juice for this service. And now, let us begin as we turn to the confession and forgiveness. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who creates, redeems, and sustains us and all of creation. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Faithful God, have mercy on us. We confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We turn from your loving embrace and go our own ways. We pass judgment on one another before examining ourselves. We place our own needs before those of our neighbors. We keep your gift of salvation for ourselves. Make us humble, cast away our transgressions, and turn us again to life in you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. God hears the cries of all who call out in need. And through his death and resurrection, Christ has made us his own. Hear the truth that God proclaims. Your sins are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ. Led by the Holy Spirit, live in freedom and newness to do God's work in the world. Amen. We sing. Do <laughs> 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. O Lord God, merciful judge, you are the inexhaustible fountain of forgiveness. Replace our hearts of stone with hearts that love and adore you, that we may delight in doing your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I now invite our young people to gather around and join Deacon Bree for a children's message. everybody uh, I'm back here in the sanctuary with you guys this morning and I come to you with a very weird story uh, from Jesus this morning Jesus tells like we talked about last week in Sunday school Jesus tells these stories as a way to help us understand how to find God in the world um, but sometimes the stories are really confusing, and today's story is actually a little bit scary. He tells a story about a king, and the king invites everyone to his son's wedding, but or everyone who's important is the first group of people that get to come to the wedding. Uh, like, think about it like a celebrity wedding. Like, who would show up to a celebrity wedding? That's who's on the guest list. But the first round of invitees don't show up, and the king gets so angry and so embarrassed and feels so full of shame that he hurts all the original invitees. He actually kills them. And then the next round of invitees is just everybody, regular people, and they all show up to the banquet. But honestly, if I was an invitee to that banquet, that wedding, I would feel both excited that I got to be a part of something that was so big and important, and also maybe a little bit scared because the king is kind of scary, right? He just killed all of the first guests. So that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. We're going to talk about how sometimes we can feel two different things at the same time, and that's exactly what God says the kingdom of God is like. So I brought... If you guys can guess, like Dora the Explorer, what this is, it's a rainbow. Exactly right. It's a rainbow. And this is a toy rainbow, and you can take it all apart, right? And each and every color is totally separate from the other one, right? Like, they can't blend together. But if this is a real rainbow, if this is made out of light, then that's not true, right? Each color is separate, but right towards the edge where they would fit together there would be a little bit of both colors, and that's how you would get like a blend, right? You would get green-blue or blue-purple or red-orange, right? Like uh, it would mix a little bit. So what does it mean that you can feel two things, that you can feel maybe scared at one time because uh, the king is kind of scary and did some scary things, and that you can feel excited because you got to be invited to the wedding anyway? and you can feel nourished because the food at the banquet is really good, and you can feel happy because you're there with all of your friends and your neighbors, and you can feel worried because you don't know what's going to happen, and then you can feel at peace because you know God is with you all the time. 
So our feelings uh, can be all happening all at the same time. And that's what we learn today in our story. There's a psalm that we read today that says um, that God is with us even when we're in our lowest times and he prepares a banquet, which is a big fancy meal. Uh, he prepares us a banquet amidst our enemies. So God doesn't actually promise that we'll have uh, an easy life, that everything will be good and calm. And, and I think we've all kind of felt that this year, right? We've had a hard time because we miss our friends or we haven't been able to go back to school yet or we have gone back to school, but it's really different. But what God does promise is that there will be joy and satisfaction. That's what a banquet, a big fancy meal, think like Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner or your birthday. There will be joy and satisfaction in the midst of really hard times. That even when things are scary, right? Even when things are scary, there can also be joy. And that's what happens when those two feelings come together and we get that little bit of extra color, that red-orange or that green-yellow. So what I want you guys to do this week is that I want you to pay attention to your feelings and I want you to pay attention to moments of joy because that's what that banquet that God promises is, is, is a moment of joy. So where this week are you going to feel joy? And it might be at the same day that you have a really rough day at school, or you're just really overwhelmed with everything, and then your mom will bring you your favorite snack, or your sister or brother makes a funny joke. And you might still feel joy. And that's when I want you to pay attention and say, thank you, God, because we will have joy even when things are hard. So let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us. Help us to find joy even when we feel sad or scared or worried. We know that you promise that we will feel joy. Amen. All right. Thank you so much, guys. I'll see you soon. Please join me in reading Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name. For you have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. For you have made the city a heap, the fortified city a ruin. The palace of aliens is a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong peoples will glorify you. 
cities of ruthless nations will fear you. For you have been a refuge to the poor, a refuge to the needy in their distress, a shelter from the rainstorm and a shade from the heat. When the blast of the ruthless was like a winter rainstorm, the noise of aliens like heat in a dry place, you subdued the heat with the shade of clouds. The song of the ruthless was stilled. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wines strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces. The disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in this salvation. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Please ride for the reading of the gospel. gospel today comes from Matthew, starting in the 22nd chapter in the first verse. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but none would come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm and another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready. But those who invited are not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. The king said to his attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
After much consideration, I have decided that if 2020 the year was a piece of text, it would probably be Matthew 22. If you found yourself listening to this and thinking, well, where is the good news in that? Or like me, simply an oof. And you are in good company because I'm sure that was what all of us thought. But we cannot simply dismiss uh, what makes us uncomfortable in scripture just as much as we cannot sidestep what makes us uncomfortable in our daily lives. So let's dive in. First, I want to say that usually when we read scripture, we approach parables as math, or what I find is like most of us like to approach parables as math. One certain character is God, one would assume the king, a certain character is Jesus, one would assume the son, and so on and so forth. And while I don't want to give the impression that this is not ever Jesus' intention or that this is quote-unquote wrong, I do want to nudge us out of static thinking for today. Instead of hearing this parable as math that has got fixed characters that equal certain meanings, I want you to allow yourself to hear this more as like a 2020 recipe that has a lot of easy substitutions. The context of this 2020 recipe of a parable sits inside one of ancient Near Eastern hospitality. For a king to invite someone to their son's wedding would have been a very, very big deal. Think like the royal wedding of Harry and Meghan. That there's press, there's media, there's a guest list that's widely published and highly chocked full of celebrities and all of the most important people. Politicians, great thinkers, humanitarians, all the people that we look to in our life for guidance. Now imagine that the entire guest list to Prince Harry's wedding didn't show because they just had stuff to do and didn't think it was that important. It's actually kind of unthinkable to picture that. A wedding of a prince is something that you rearrange the other stuff in your schedule for or that you would prepare for. You'd spend hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars on clothing and travel and all sorts of things. Just to get an invite alone says something about who you are and what you mean to the world. So just to ignore it, it's kind of a lot. Matthew's gospel often finds itself at odds with this particular group of influential people, chief priests, scribes, and other religious leaders, the folks that should have understood the most who Jesus was, and yet they rejected him over and over because they were threatened by his power. And that's really not too far of a stretch for us either. We find ourselves constantly at odds with the same group of people. Think about when Joel Osteen didn't open his church up after Harvey, or the tension we feel when politicians invoke their faith in the campaign trail. We find ourselves thinking, do you even really get it? Now here is where the parable takes its first kind of serious and very stressful turn. After the king sends his servants out to see why his invited guests are not attending, these influential elites murder and torment his slaves. So in retaliation, the king then murders all of his invited guests. The phrase, that escalated quickly, doesn't even begin to touch it. Can you imagine reading this in the papers today in the tabloids? that the Queen of England had executed all of the intentional invited guests to King Prince Harry's wedding because they didn't show up? 
Maybe you can because that's kind of where we are so far in this year. Nothing really can surprise us anymore. So after the king murders his entire guest list and lost a huge chunk of his staff to violence, he decides none of this will stop the wedding. It w the wedding is going to have to happen anyway. So he sends out more servants and goes into the cities that have been ravaged by this violence and says, just go ahead and get all the regular people and fill up the banquet hall. Now here's where I want to pause on this a little bit because if there is one static character math in this story for me, it's this one. That we imagine ourselves as the regular people scooped up off the streets for the king's dinner. So that brings me to my very first question. If you're one of those regular people who will now be attending this violent king's wed son's wedding, the king that had just murdered all of his previous wedding guests, how do you feel? And what would you do? I can only imagine that you would answer some of the same way that I did, which is to say that you would feel a bit terrified and worried. What if that same thing happens to me? What if the king has a violent outburst again? Because you don't want to die. But also, maybe you're a little bit excited because you get to go to the king's wedding and the food probably is amazing and you have that dress that you haven't had a chance to wear anywhere yet. This is where actually Psalm 23 kept it, crept into my brain before I even realized it was a part of the text. Like a little earworm, I kept hearing, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In this story, this recipe, not math, story, the king is kind of an enemy. He is violent and reckless with his people. He's destabilized an entire kingdom through destruction and violence and all to soothe his battered ego from the shame of rejection. And this is where the feast is that we are invited to. And I have to imagine that the food is great. Like, early first century folks flexed pretty hard with hospitality, so they pulled no punches in showing off how awesome they were through the food that they could provide and the comforts that they could offer. So this wedding banquet for a king would have been absolutely exquisite. So if I'm like a regular person, which I am, who is at the whim of leaders and great thinkers and celebrities who fight each other and destroy the world around them for their own egos, which I also am, I might start to lose a little bit of hope that nothing is really going to change and nothing is really going to get better because I'm a little bit scared at all the power that all these people around me have to make a big influence on my daily life. And that's when Jesus, that's when Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a mad king who burns the world down and yet a banquet is prepared and you are invited. This year it has been really hard. There has been a lot of violence. There has been a lot of great loss. We've all felt a little powerless 
to the world around us and the people who get to make big decisions. The good news in this text is that there is a feast that has been prepared for you. Joy still exists, and nourishment for your bodies and delight for your taste buds is openly available. The table has been set, and you are invited, but your context doesn't get to change. Sometimes I think that we've become a little entitled in our thinking. We find ourselves slipping into the idea that faithfulness of God towards us means that our lives will be easy. That if God fulfills God's promises, that comfort and ease follow. But the kingdom of God looks like a feast in a destroyed city. The kingdom of God looks like joy and celebration where absolutely none should be. The promise of God is that we will feast no matter what. God's promises are always doing this. They are always turning us on our head. There is power in the powerless. There is joy in despair. There is life in death. Which brings me to my second question for today. Where have you felt joy this year? And what have you found yourself celebrating? Unfortunately, the parable doesn't leave us at the feast. Apparently, someone had the audacity to show up to the crazed murder king's wedding in the wrong clothes, which seems like playing it pretty fast and loose to me. Obviously, the king throws them out, but not just out of the wedding, out into darkness, where there is weeping and gnashing. Some scholars believe that this wedding guest represents Judas, the one who was invited but became a traitor. But again, this is a 2020 recipe, not math, right? So you've been invited to a wedding, and you don't have a lot of choice in going. And in the midst, there's a lot of personal grief. Your city is burned down, friends of yours might have been lost, but you know the food's going to be outstanding, so you go. But how do you show up? Because it sounds a little bit to me like Jesus is saying, I can show up ready to experience joy despite all odds, or I can show up and feel darkness and weeping and gnashing. If this is an either-or decision, it sounds like a no-brainer to me. If this parable teaches me anything today, it's that I should trust God with what God says and try not to maybe elaborate too much. Lo, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Right? That's how Psalm 23 begins. Not, because you are with me, God, I don't have to do anything hard ever, and that's how I know that I can trust you. God prepares us a table, even amidst our enemies, and we will still be nourished. We are bound to time. I can't make this year any different for you. I can't control COVID-19. I can't control the election cycle or death, or any of it, and neither can you. But what I can control is how I show up to this dumpster fire of a year. Because somewhere in here is a feast, a nourishing and delightful feast. And I have to tell you, I am very hungry, particularly for joy. 
So how am I going to show up when I have been invited? Because really, that's all that I can control. And that is the good news that Jesus has given me. Amen. Todos a banquete a la mesa de la creación, cada cual con su pobre rey, de tu puesto ni una misión. Let us go now to the banquet, to the feast of the universe, the table set and a Gracious God, you welcome all of us, saints and sinners alike, into your presence. Thank you for loving us and for hearing our prayers. Invite us to gather at your table, to see your goodness, to celebrate your grace and mercy in our lives. Help us to eagerly respond to your invitation and not reject it. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Help us to put away the old clothes of sin and instead cover ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. 
Lord Jesus, may we be more like you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, so many people are suffering from the physical, emotional, and economic effects of both the pandemic and the Western wildfires. Please wrap your loving arms around all who are in need. We also pray today for our president, his family, and other members of the government newly afflicted with the virus, that their health will be renewed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We are blessed to live in a society in which each citizen has the opportunity and responsibility to participate in our democracy by voting. As we pray and hope for a world that is more open and inclusive, more just and compassionate, we also ask your forgiveness for times when we have allowed our differences to cause dissension when we have been less than loving toward one another. Help us to remember that it is love that builds bridges. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, you promised to answer us when we call to you. Hear now these special prayers of joy and concern from our congregation. We lift up prayers of thanksgiving for our triumphant love ministry, especially for all those serving now and in the weeks ahead for God's work, our hands. We give you prayers of thanks for the safe homecoming for baby James from the NICU. We pray for those in need of healing, especially for Armand, Johnson, Dave, Bob, Dace, David, George, and Dana. For those in treatment for cancer, especially for Doug, Braden, and Bexley. We pray for those who mourn the loss of loved ones, especially Haley and Carlos and the loss of Jennifer, and Ryan and the loss of his grandmother, Brenda. And for these things in our hearts and minds now, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Forgive us, restore us, renew us, and equip us to do your will on earth until the dawning of your heavenly kingdom. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. Please share a sign of Christ's peace with those around you and with those you meet throughout the week. Your continued support of our ministry during this unprecedented time is greatly appreciated. You can mail in your offering or use this time to set up online giving. Simply go to tllc.org and click on the Give tab or use our Give Plus text feature to give your offering digitally. Simply text the amount you wish to give to 512-357-7693 and then follow the secure payment instructions. In 2013, as the ELCA celebrated 25 years of being a church body, God's Work Our Hands Sunday was established. Join us this October as we continue that tradition. 
Our hands do God's work when we care for the environment or do yard maintenance for an elderly neighbor. When our hands assemble blessing bags for those living on the street or grab groceries to stock food pantries. Our hands do God's work when they put up signs to encourage others to serve safely. When they write letters of advocacy or make cards for those isolated in nursing home facilities. This year, physical distancing may have changed the way we need to serve, but let's serve today because our feet still follow Jesus and our hands are still needed to do God's work. Visit tllc.org to join us and learn more. Let us pray. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. You have set before us these gifts of your good creation. Prepare us for your heavenly banquet. Nourish us with this rich food and drink, and send us forth to set tables in the midst of a suffering world. Through the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. God, our creator, redeemer, and healer. In the harmonious world of your creation, the plants and animals, the seas and stars, the rocks and mountains were whole and well in your praise. When sin had scarred the world, you sent your son to heal our ills and to form us again into one. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink. 
saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his acts of healing, his body given up, and his victory over death, we await that day when all the peoples of the earth will come to the river to enjoy the tree of life. Send your spirit upon us and this meal. Form our faith from roots to fruit. Form your people into one through your Son. Amen. And gathered now into one by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray as Jesus taught. Our Hope Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. In the body of Christ given for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. We now invite you to share the elements among those in your household, saying the words, the body of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Those not receiving communion may receive a blessing with the sign of the cross on the forehead. We sing. Let us pray. 
We give you thanks, gracious God, that you have once again fed us with food beyond compare, the body and blood of Christ. Send us from this place, nourished and forgiven, into your beloved vineyard, guided by the example of the same Jesus Christ and led by the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. And Almighty God, Creator, Redeemer, and Healer, bless you now and forever. Amen. We sing. Thank you for joining with us to worship wherever you are today. Just a reminder to visit our website, tllc.org, for more information about how you can join us in serving for God's work, Our Hands, this month. And be sure to send in photos of the ways you're serving so we can include them in our worship next week. And now, go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to our message today. We are Triumphant Love Lutheran Church and are affiliated with the Southwest Texas Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. We are located in Austin, Texas. You can follow us on our website, www.tllc.org. We look forward to you seeking us out as our podcasts progress and further episodes are added. You have a great day. And may the Lord be with you.